came from very different backgrounds. Be classy, be genuine, be grateful. I wanted to help out and contribute and sort of give back to the people that had helped me. Man, welcome to the intro. No need for introductions. All about the world and the world what we discussing. Where every single thought that we had came for something. So it's funny that we made it when we started here with nothing. Gotta open up your mind just to find out why. When you lost inside the dark, just gotta turn on the light. And no matter what you do, you never run from a fight. Because we fighting to be better and that's why we strive. Hi, I'm Corey McCain, CEO of WeStrive, the number one platform for personal trainers, gym owners, and coaches to both manage and scale their business. I'm your host for Why We Strive, where every Tuesday I sit down with some of the most incredible tech founders, investors, and creatives to find out how, when, where, and why they strive. Be sure you tune in every single Tuesday and check us out at whywestrive.com for more info. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Okay. Here okay. We go. Ready to go? I'm ready when you are. Let's home do dog. it. All right. Awesome. Kill me, home dog. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. What I, said. <laughs> I don't know if I've been called home dog before. It's pretty cool. We got Cindy Colin here. The best one yet. The best one yet. Best one yet. Uh, maybe the best one ever. We'll see how see how good it goes. So, do you want to quickly introduce yourself a little bit about your background, and then we'll get into what you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Sydney Colin. I'm the CEO and the co-founder of Deoro Devices. Okay. Uh, we make mobility aids for people with mobility disorders to help people walk safely, independently, and confidently at home, so outside of the clinic. Okay. Um, you don't want me to go too much into the company right now, we'll, which we'll, is my we'll get, personal background. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. My personal background, so I grew up in the Bay Area in California. Okay. I've always been obsessed with understanding how the brain works, how the mm-hmm. body works, how they interact. Mm-hmm. And I studied biomedical engineering at Cal Poly. Very cool. And every side project that I worked on was in brain-computer interfacing. I was really, really fascinated in this whole concept. Um, and I don't know how much detail you want me to give there, but I can share some details of some of the research. Let's hear some I details. There. I mean, I like I do not know anything about brain computing or anything like that. So feel free to say whatever you want. I won't understand it, but I will like I will support it. Yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I just think the brain is so freaking. It's very fascinating. I think I just, it's I'm not so smart cool. enough to research it. Like I'm, I'm, under, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that I shouldn't be the one doing the research <laughs> on the brain. I'll let you guys handle that. But yeah. honestly, nobody understands how the brain works. That's what mm-hmm. I love about it so much is that you can get into this space. Like I published a research paper when I was 20 years old okay. because people don't freaking know how the brain works. Okay. And so somebody can come into a space do research and analysis for six months and be able to publish a paper in a peer-reviewed journal article because people don't freaking understand how the brain works. It's amazing. It's so cool. And I think that there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're at this place right now in the world where we have the equipment to be able to analyze brain signals in a way that we've never been able to before Mm -hmm. with the high signal-to-noise ratio. And then we have the computational power to be able to analyze large data sets, which is extremely important in looking at brain signals because you're looking at so much data that if I was only taking that and analyzing it on my computer for the research that I did, it would have taken me like a week to Mm do a simple like um, filter on the data that I was looking at. But because I could use parallel computing and cloud computing, it would take me a couple of hours. So anyways, cool. I'm like geeking out hard in an area that we're not even talking about. I know. It's part of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But I think the brain is really, really interesting. And I think the brain space right now in the next 10 years mm-hmm. is just, we're going to learn so much. Do you think like the space is going to evolve into like us using more percentage of our brain? Um... I don't know. Honestly, yeah. I, I don't know. I think what I tend to pay more attention to is like how we can work with the brain. So for mm-hmm. example, like brain controlled prosthetics, like what paradromics is doing, I think is freaking so cool. Yeah, what is paradromics? <laughs> <laughs> don't know what that is. Um, so Matt Engel okay. runs a company called Paradromics here in mm-hmm. Austin. Okay. He also started an organization called Texas Neurotech, okay. where he gets all of the 
coolest people in the whole world, okay. <laughs> aka neuroscience nerds, nice, together nice. in a room. Um, and he has you know startups, he has investors, he has people from academia, he has people from big strategic companies like Abbott that'll come. Mm-hmm. And we all just kind of get together in one room and talk about how cool the brains are. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I never have gotten that invite, so I'm kind of upset a little bit, but it's okay. I'll, um, I'll go to the next one. Ding, <laughs> Didn't you just say that you don't like to study no, the I was brain? No, I was totally good. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do, you, do you guys like big brain happy hours? Like, what do you guys call those? Like, just Texas Neurotech. That's Texas it. Neurotech. Yeah. You gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Um, so was there a specific part of the brain that you were studying? Like, is and, and, and oh, I don't know question. what the parts are, to be honest. Like, I know the frontal, something yeah. like that. I don't know. Is that part of the brain? <laughs> yes, you have a frontal lobe. Frontal lobe. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know something. Okay, very cool. So what, what part of the brain were you studying? And like, what part of that, what does that brain part do? Yeah. So uh, originally I was doing a project while I was in school for St. Jude Medical at the time, now Abbott. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at deep brain stimulation for people with Parkinson's disease. And so I wasn't necessarily looking at a specific part of the brain. I was looking at the type of brainwave that we send Mm -hmm. and seeing if we can individualize that for each person rather than having just a standard uh, type of pulse or size pulse that we send in the brain for everybody. Gotcha. Um, So that was the first kind of project that I did in brain-computer interfacing. And then... I went to, I took some time off of school actually, and I moved to France. For seven months. For, yeah, six, seven got months. Got right here, I got my question here. Oh, nice. <laughs> did your homework. But yeah, LinkedIn. How did you find that Link, out? It was on, it was on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those, like, when you're doing those live interviews, like, I'm coding, and they're like, how did you know that about me? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it, was just for, it was just for LinkedIn. Okay. Yeah. 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 Went to, you went to France. Okay, very cool. Um, moved to France. And did research for this neurotech company called Menzia Tech, and we were mm-hmm. doing EEG neurofeedback for children with ADHD. Okay. And so that at the end of that kind of six months working with them is when I was able to publish that research paper. Very cool. So I was essentially just doing research there. Gotcha. And it's funny. So you lived in Paris and in like the the valley outside of San Francisco, whatever that's called. And that's why you're a wine snob because you, we went to a wine tour and you said you didn't like the wine. You're the only person that didn't like it. And you're from the two places like on the planet where people go to drink wine. Yeah. Okay. We're not. We don't, <laughs> I don't have to want go to, to detail. Public information. I'm not a wine snob, everybody. <laughs> low key, like low key, low key. I low love key. a good two buck check. All right. She didn't. She just didn't appreciate the wine. That's all I'm saying. I just I'm saying. wasn't a huge fan of that particular wine. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So you do all that stuff. We'll get to the company in a second. Why are you in Austin right now? good question it's funny I think I have there's so many different reasons and I can go through the analytical like okay here's what made sense for our startup and Mm -hmm. here's um what made sense you know from building my network and here's what made sense for me personally but I think a big portion of it is I just like it here Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do do you like humidity or no not necessarily. It doesn't okay. bother me, but it's more the culture, the people mm-hmm. that are here. Um, but honestly, if we go into why from a company perspective, I moved here. Our lead VC for the last round is based here in Texas. Cool. Wait, who's that? Uh, True Wealth Ventures. True Elf Ventures? True Wealth. True Wealth. Gotcha. Ventures. Okay. I was like, that's a really weird name. <laughs> It's like only Christmas investments that we're doing. Okay, very cool. Okay. Um, do you mind disclosing how much you guys raised? Is that public? I don't know. So total, we raised about $4.5 Okay, very cool. Um, this last round, we did $3 million, 2.8. Okay, very cool. Okay, so $4.5 million so far. What does that go towards with the company? Like, is that like, you're going toward tons of R&D, tons of like marketing? Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so the angel round that we raised was really to get it out to market. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a lot of R&D. We're a medical device, so there's Mm -hmm. a little bit more capital that has to go into Mm -hmm. actually getting something to market. Luckily, we're a class one medical medical device, so we don't have to go through clinical trials or anything like that, go through an FDA submission. Um, But we do have to set up a basic quality management system Mm -hmm. and make sure that the documentation is kind of up to par. What is the difference between a class one and like, a, I'm assuming the next is class two? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah, so yeah. there's class one, class two, and class three medical okay. devices. Class, class three is going to be the most invasive. Class one is the least invasive. A class three would be like an implantable brain 
um, stimulation device. Mm, like okay. deep oh, brain like... stimulation would be a class three medical device. Oh, okay, gotcha, um, gotcha, gotcha. I'm pretty sure that a hip replacement, like when you're putting something in the body, that's class three. that it's class three. Got, interesting, good to know. Um, and then I think anything that touches the body will be class two, and then class one is the least invasive. So like canes, walkers, walking cool. poles, crutches, those all fall under class one. Interesting, that makes it really simple to understand. That's good, very cool. Um, let's cover what your device is. We have the device. We have the device here. Um, should we pull it out here? So yeah, what we actually do? <laughs> sure. Bam. Take a um, bold new step. So why did you choose the name? Why didn't you choose We Stride? <laughs> I feel like it was pretty close. Um, so well, why, I should've, we should have hired you as our branding team. Too, I was like, guys, we're so, we're so close. So why any X and not like the T? Like, why did you guys choose that? Um, you know, I don't have a great story yeah. for this. Yeah. Well, the question you should ask me, though, is why yeah. did we choose the name of the company, which is Dior Devices? Okay, let's cover that. Why, why is it Dior Devices? <laughs> well, that's my next question. I have but... a really great answer for okay, that one. Why is, why is it Dior Devices? Um, so my co-founder and I, we both went to Cal Poly, mm-hmm. uh, which is in a small town called San Luis Obispo. Mm-hmm. Right outside of San Luis Obispo is this national park called Montaña de Oro. Montaña de Oro? Montaña de Oro. Okay. Like Mountain of Gold gotcha, in Spanish. Okay. Gotcha, okay. Um, and it is the most amazing, beautiful place that I've ever been. Wow. Okay. And it's one of those places where you go and you sit on the sand dunes and you watch the sunset. Oh, it's like a beach park type. There's so behind. So, okay. So there's, it's on the water and there's a bunch of sand dunes and there's the water Mm -hmm. um, and there's like cliffs that you can walk along the bluffs. And then behind it, there is a forest and hiking trails and there's like a wow. campground there too i have friends that went there i'll have to ask them about that that's cool okay very yeah cool. it's a around. very amazing place and cool. it's it's one of those places that i would always go to be able to kind of get rid of stress and anxiety and mm-hmm. you sit there and you watch the sunset and you just feel so calm mm-hmm. and yeah. confident and i feel happy. calm to you talking about it yeah. right now i feel like i'm like <laughs> i was just calmed down uh, so Dioro stands for of gold. Is that what it stands for? Mm-hmm. Wow, very cool. And so that's what we wanted all of our customers to experience mm-hmm. when they were using our devices. So cool. And we were always going to come out with you know m- many different devices, which is why mm-hmm. we didn't want to name the company the name of the product. Very smart. Because that, that's what I was wondering too. Because I was like, I was putting your site together. I was like, do I call it Dioro? Do I call it Next Stride? So Hon- yeah. yeah, honestly, we need to do a better job with <laughs> that because like, is Dioro anywhere on this box or like? Good question. <laughs> nope. Maybe well, yeah, yeah, right here. Okay. Dioro devices. Look at that. I mean, they can't see it, but like, <laughs> like that will do a giant zoom in. Uh, okay. Um, no, no, we focused on for branding anything that's consumer facing. Mm-hmm. We only brand Nextride. Gotcha. But when we are, you know, talking to investors and whatnot, mm-hmm. it's Dero Devices is the name. Okay. That we and, and let's brand. let's cover a little bit more on what your company actually does, and then I want to get to like Deoro and like what future possibilities you guys have with other devices. So like, what is what does Nextride actually do besides have a very unique name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I take you a little bit down a rabbit hole let's, to explain let's, let's that? Let's go through to it. You? Rabbit hole. Here we okay. go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> okay. So when I was at Cal Poly, okay. I Wait, you, went, you went to Cal Poly? I don't yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Go Mustangs. Okay, there we go. Um, <laughs> so I had just gone back from France mm-hmm. and I ended up meeting this local veteran named Jack Brill. Okay. That's a that's a that's a veteran name. That's a cool name. Yeah, so Jack he's, Brill. He's a veteran. That. Okay. Um, who lived with Parkinson's disease and he okay. suffered from this mobility symptom called freezing of gait. Okay. So freezing of gait is one of the most common, it's one of the most debilitating symptoms of Parkinson's disease. It okay. essentially stops someone from being able to walk. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, for Jack, it meant he was in a wheelchair all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not because his legs didn't work, but because there's a specific neural pathway in his brain that was being damaged or disconnected that was making it so that when his brain was sending that signal to initiate movement, mm-hmm. that signal just wasn't getting to the motor neurons that are activating his muscles. That's crazy. Yeah. Really, really fascinating symptom. Yeah. So as I looked into solutions for Jack, what I found is that we can use these external visual and auditory cues that essentially provide a goal for somebody to be able to walk over or be able to walk to the beat of like a metronome or walk over a green laser line. Mm. Um, 
And just by adding a goal, you change the intention behind the movement. Mm-hmm. So my intention is to step over this line rather than to like just walk. Yeah. Um, and that change of intention actually changes the part of the brain that's being activated and allows someone to be able to restore mobility. Gotcha. Does that make sense at all? No, it does. Okay. So, so is, um, I mean, two questions. One is like, I'll, I'll ask one right now. Uh, is it like a mental barrier? Not that, I mean, obviously it literally is, but is it like, it's like, a, is it like a confidence thing that stops them from doing this? Or is it like literally something, in, is your brain like yeah. broken in a way? Or are you mentally just like, I can't do this? Like, so what is the, yeah. I am going to try not to go down too many rabbit holes because <laughs> yeah. that's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people used to think that because they saw this, mm-hmm. um, they saw this correlation, they used to think that it was kind of like a lack of ability, a lack of... Yeah, yeah. like you could um, be, go to a therapist mentally and just like feel better and do it again, like walk. Yeah, like, yeah. I forget what researcher it was, but there is some famous researcher that defined Parkinson's as a lack of will. Mm. But then they you know, did more research and found out that's not at all what's happening. Gotcha. So... What's actually happening is, okay, so you have these dying cells in the brain in the substantia nigra. Okay. And they're dopamine creating cells. Well, do I have those or like everyone? Yeah, everyone has, has them. <laughs> I have dying cells in my brain. No, 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 no. Your cells aren't dying. <laughs> what? Okay, all right, sorry. Unless you have Parkinson's. Oh, that's, that's what I was asking. So I don't have. Yeah, okay. yeah. I was so like, so okay. when people with Parkinson's, okay. um, there are cells in the substantia nigra that are dying. Okay. Those are dopamine producing cells. Which part, of the, which part of my brain were we talking about? Yeah, I actually can't point to it. I was trying to visualize. Where, okay, cool. Okay, so the cells are dying in the sub, substantia, is that what you said? Substantia nigra. Substantia nigra, gotcha. Okay. okay, so that means that you have a lack of dopamine in the brain. And that's essentially what causes all the symptoms of Parkinson's is that lack of dopamine. And so... How do you so? How do you get a lack of dopamine? Is like like your it's life's the cells, just like, the cells that are creating dopamine are dying. Okay, but how how do you? Sorry, I just have so many questions. That's how do okay. you? This this might be like the most kindergarten question of all time, but like, are, by being happy, does that help those from dying? Like, because obviously that's how dopamine is produced, right? Like, so right, what does that mean? Right now, there is no cure for Parkinson's, okay. so there's really no way to stop them from dying Hmm. the only thing that has been shown to slow the progression of parkinson's disease is exercise actually because you're getting those dopamine hits like from uh i don't really know why i I can't tell you why but i can tell you it's the only thing that has been shown to slow the progression of parkinson's disease so we have um medication for parkinson's that Mm -hmm. will cover up the symptoms and those are essentially like um like a synthetic dopamine that word. Gotcha. Like a melatonin kind of thing, put you to sleep. Yeah. Kind of, kind of it's like dopaminergic drugs. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Where were we? I'm going too dope. many rabbit holes. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I was telling you about Parkinson's mm-hmm. and um, the dying dopamine in the brain or okay. the dying, yep. dying cells causes a lack of dopamine in the brain. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening with freezing of gait is, um, when your brain sends that signal to initiate movement, okay. that signal generally goes through the basal ganglia, when it's being, uh, which is a part of the brain, okay. when it's being activated automatically. So automatic movement versus goal-oriented movement are activated in different parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. So when you're activating this automatic movement, goes through the basal ganglia. The basal ganglia has a really hard time processing that signal because of the lack of dopamine in the brain. Mm. Is automatic as in like, I'm just doing this right now? Is that kind of what? Yeah, like, I don't know. How do I just explain an automatic movement? Like, okay, if I were to, um, yeah, exactly. Just kind of like put my arm out versus like like something you're not thinking about. It's not conscious. Yeah, yeah, like you're just washing the dishes kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus saying, okay, I'm going to reach for that thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to reach for the back of your chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same exact movement with my arm, Mm -hmm. but it's a different part of the brain that's being activated in order to initiate that movement. Cool, okay. So that's essentially the, you know, knowledge that we're using to be able to create this product. Gotcha. So long story short, we figured out we can use these visual auditory cues mm-hmm. to activate goal-oriented neural pathways in the brain that allowed someone to be able to overcome freezing of gait, which is the symptom of Parkinson's that stops people to- from walking. Mm-hmm. Um, we took the most effective visual and auditory cues from research, mm-hmm. combined them into a small portable device that could attach onto any cane walker or walking pole, and brought it to market. Very cool. So, <laughs> so, so what you said was... Um, 
there's the automatic and then there's like the intentional and those are, those go through two different pathways that's correct so what you're saying is like when i want to walk i i don't naturally just think about it i'm automatically just walking because that's like part of my yeah. movement it's unconscious and you guys ignore the weird word and then you go the other way what was that word again? Something with a B? Basal? Something? Oh, the basal ganglia. Basal yeah. ganglia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you ignore that one and so through these like rhythms and whatever you're adding, like noises or lasers, what you said, you're creating it as like a manual initiative, which pushes it towards a different pathway. Is that what you're saying? That's correct. So essentially, I <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, you're invited to Texas let's, let's Neurotech now. Yes. I'm, ta- I'm taking your job, 100%. <laughs> yeah. We stride. Yeah. Um, okay. So what were we saying though? Sorry. Um... I don't remember. Oh, essentially what we were, what we're doing, right. is just changing that movement from being automatic to goal oriented. So So there's a number of different ways we can do this. Mm -hmm. All we did was take the most effective visual and auditory cues from research. Mm -hmm. And we combine them into this device that can attach onto any cane walker walking pole. So the visual cue that we use is a green laser line projected onto the floor in front of you. The auditory cue is a metronome. Gotcha. So you try and step over that green laser line or you step to the beat of the metronome. Mm. And again, that change of intention changes the part of the brain that's being activated and allows someone to be able to walk again. So cool. It's so, honestly so crazy. That is So, so my, my question is like, if I'm mentally thinking I want to walk right now, why isn't that going into the, the, the um, manual side already? Like you're, so this is yours. Okay, so if I'm just walking, it's, yeah. auto, it's automatic. Yeah. And if, but if I can't really walk that well and I'm like, okay, I want to walk to there, shouldn't that be on my manual side or is that on my automatic side still? Without, yeah, that, that'll be, that'll be goal oriented. So if you say like, okay, there is a door over there, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to walk. It's, it's going to take me 10 steps to walk over there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is an internal cue that people can use for Parkinson's. So there's okay. a number of different ways to overcome freezing of gait mm-hmm. and external visual auditory cueing is just one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that this is so effective is one, it's proven to be more effective than mm-hmm. any other cueing. Yeah. Um, you know, these visual artery cues have been shown to reduce falls by 40% for Very people cool. with Parkinson's. Very cool. um, but two, I think there are a lot of internal cues. So mm-hmm. you're right. Setting a goal yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things you can do like weight shifting. There's anyways, we can go into the list, Yeah. but the hard thing is, if you're stuck in a spot where you're walking totally fine and then all of a sudden you freeze and you're about to fall, mm-hmm. like, are you really going to remember? Oh, my physical therapist three weeks ago told yeah. me this thing to remember. What was it again? You know, like yeah, you're exactly. in a panic mode and you need to be able to just like press a button and start walking again. So is, so, so then also, are they pushing a button and walking again? Or is this a constant thing that will, that is like part of their life where when they want to walk, they have this like... T- kind of thing that just keeps following with them yeah so there's different ways you can use it there's Mm. continuous cueing or on-demand cueing so what you just described is continuous cueing so there are some people that every single time they're walking Mm -hmm. they have either the visual or the auditory cue or both of them on gotcha like anytime they get up Mm -hmm. Um, and what that will do is it will prevent freezing of gate episodes from coming on in the first place cool i like that what other people will do if maybe you know they don't experience as many freezing episodes or they're cocky you know well a lot of people do have are very self-conscious about bringing attention to their disease to their disorder yeah yeah. so so if you don't want to have a laser sticking out of your cane or your locker all the time yeah um what other people do is they use it on demand or Mm -hmm. as a rescue cue Mm -hmm. so you become frozen you press the button Mm -hmm. to activate either the laser metronome or both Mm -hmm. start walking turn it off again is there a way you guys could eventually make it so that like your glasses can see the line but like you're not personally shooting the line out for everyone to see yeah it's funny we've actually gotten that question multiple times and there is one research paper that was published Mm -hmm. using google glasses to Mm -hmm. overcome freezing of gait yeah um i think the issue with it was one the usability Uh, Mm -hmm. people just it was a lot harder for people to figure out how to use them Mm -hmm. and i'm sure we could create something simpler um but it it just wasn't shown to be as effective and so we wanted to keep with at least the minimum viable product getting out to market Mm -hmm. we wanted to stick with you know, the simplest, most effective version. Oh, no, that makes sense. I was just curious, like, as far as, like, future plans go or something like that. Um, and speaking of market, where who are you guys currently working with? Are you in retirement homes? Are you, like, in, like, a thousand homes in America? Yeah. Like, where are you guys at? 
So we sell direct-to-consumer. Okay. Is that your biggest market? or? Yeah, so our biggest area right now is direct-to-consumer. Okay. Um, we also sell to the VA. That's our second biggest customer. What is, is that like veterans? Social? Veterans Affairs. Oh, Affairs. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So any veteran can get this device for free right now. Oh, what? Wait, how does that work? Like you guys revenue-wise? Are you just donating it? or they, they, No, insurance? the VA pays for it. So, any, so the VA will place an order with us directly. Any veteran can get this for free? Any veteran who gets health care through the VA can get this device for free right now. Very cool. Okay, sorry, keep going. Yeah. So, <laughs> so direct to consumer, uh, we sell through the VA. Uh, we sell through some distribution partners. So mm-hmm. right now we have we sell in seven countries, including the U.S. So we have cool. uh, distributors outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And we are about to close a really exciting deal with a distributor in the U.S. <laughs> when it, so is that like relatively soon? Every time I do a podcast, they're like tomorrow. I can't tell you today, but tomorrow, yeah. and I'm like. <laughs> so how many how, how much time do you think before you're gonna get that deal closed because this airs in like a month so i think in like a week okay we'll, we'll, put, well, it on, we'll put it we'll put it on the screen there we okay. go cool okay, okay um it's very exciting though i mean i don't yeah. know it's i don't know if anybody who's not in the medical device space would know this name but mm-hmm. anybody who spent any time in the medical device space, they're like a fortune 10 company so we're and excited. Just Google <laughs> Google Fortune 10 company and you'll find it. Um, that is incredible. Well, I don't know what it, probably, I probably won't know who they are either, but I'm very happy for you. Thank you. Uh, we're <laughs> really excited. Okay, so we have consumer, we have oh, direct sorry, partnerships. Yeah. I keep interrupting you, so that's no, my No, bad, no, no, you're yeah. good. Um, this is what happens when you get like two people with ADD in a room. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. You're like, you cannot stay on like topic. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we sell direct to consumer, we sell the VA, we sell the distributors, and then we sell the hospitals and physical therapy clinics. Okay, cool. What, um, how big of the market is the hospitals and physical therapy right now, you think? Of, of, your, of, your, of our of revenue? Your, of your revenue, sorry, not market. Honestly, it's a very small amount because they move very slowly. Interesting, okay. So, for example, we sold to, like, Cleveland Clinic okay. is a big one. Um, it took us, I think, six months to get through their, um, like, vendor approval wow. form, mm-hmm. like, process that they go through. And for us, like at our price point, unless they're ordering in bulk, it just doesn't make sense it's to just, pursue that. It's too much time, yeah. yeah. As yeah. one of our kind of main channels. Mm-hmm. But we do, right now, what we do is we're going after direct to consumer and we use this kind of B2B through clinics and hospitals as kind of a way to supplement that because it's really important to us for people to be able to hear about the next ride go into their physical therapy clinic, see their physical therapist has one and is using one and loves it, get that yeah. validation and then purchase it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That is worth it. Sales, regardless of sales, that's worth it just for the validation for sure. Because um, that's generally the journey that our customer goes through. Is gotcha. They find out about us through some ad, through, you know, we work with like Parkinson's foundations to get awareness cool. out. And then they go into their physical therapist or they talk to their medical professional mm-hmm. Um, and say, hey, have you heard of this thing? And when their doctor says, no, I've never heard of that, then they're like, okay, well, this must, must just be a gimmick. Gotcha. But if they go in and they see that their physical therapist is using it mm-hmm. and has it and uses it in training, then it adds a lot of credibility for us as a new product on the market. Yeah, that's all. So are you not working with any nursing homes then? Is that not part of the... We actually just finished a pilot study with Paragon Management, which is... They have like 40 skilled nursing facilities Mm. in uh, New York. Cool. So we're just starting to kind of get into that space and having conversations with one of the big distributors in that space too. Yeah, I can see that being huge. I mean, like, especially with the baby boomers all heading into nursing homes right now. I mean, that's, I mean, honestly, any of your target markets are going to be big. So it's like, Yeah. yeah. The reason we hadn't pursued that earlier is that, you know, such a small percentage of those people have Parkinson's mm, gotcha. that they're not super motivated to buy products like this mm. or have them on hand. Um, but we're just starting now to expand into different disease states. So mm. I told you this whole story about Jack and why we started the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and once we got the device out on the market, we realized really quickly that it's not only effective in Parkinson's, but it's also effective in stroke and cerebral palsy and multiple sclerosis and PSP and traumatic brain injury and a mm. number of other mobility disorders um, so we're starting to expand and redo all of our messaging to mm. be, to go after that broader target market. Gotcha. Okay. And is that going to be a different product or the same next ride product? Same product. Okay. Yeah. So Very we cool. just published a case study with Bellevue hospital actually using this exact product in 
um, stroke rehab. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I could, is this like a product that would be like on like a late night commercial or like for people of that age buy these things like honestly yeah we're starting to test that out <laughs> I was so DRTV say, like, is one of the most effective ways what was it called sorry DRTV direct TV oh gotcha okay gotcha direct response TV I think gotcha, is what it stands okay. for um is one of the most effective ways to get to people over the age of like 65 70 yeah which is crazy because yeah. nobody under the age of 50 has cable exactly well it, your product isn't like a gimmick which I feel like most of those products on that show or on those late night shows are but at the same time it's like you know, who cares? Like if they, if they need it and they, they're the ones watching it there, they might as well sell it on there. No, I know a lot yeah. of companies that do, like there's this company Ember Labs that does um, a product for women who are going through menopause. Mm. They sell on DRTV. Mm. Inogen is um, a public company that sells like um, products for people who need oxygen. Mm. Gotcha. And they sell on DRTV, like just crushing it. It's honestly a lot yeah. of these like age tech companies do really well with direct response TV. I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, so the back to Parkinson's really quick. So is is Parkinson's kind of like a category, and then there's like the deep gate. Was deep gate or what was it? What was it called? What gate? I have to look oh, freezing word. of gate. Freezing of gate. The yeah, symptom? I don't know what that deep yeah. gate. Like yeah. Um, you mixed a deep brain stimulation yeah. with freezing of gate. I think, I, think gate. I did. Yeah. yeah. So is is Parkinson's the category and there's like 10 different things that can happen underneath Parkinson's or like, or are those all just symptoms? Like what, how does yeah. Parkinson's work? Yeah. So Parkinson's is a mobility disorder. Okay. So it's a neurological disease. It's a progressive neurological disease. So once you get diagnosed with Parkinson's, there's no cure. Gotcha. Um, and you're just going to get worse. Gotcha. Um, and then there are a number of different symptoms within Parkinson's mm-hmm. um, that you can help with. So there are mobility symptoms. There's like voice therapy is a big thing for Parkinson's because mm-hmm. they lose their voice. All of these automatic things. So it gets hard to talk. It gets hard to walk. It gets hard to swallow. It gets mm-hmm. hard to breathe. Like this is all of these things that are automatic um, become very difficult for somebody with Parkinson's. Interesting. And where is where is research where is research at right now? Like is it like are we? Are we, I don't know how to ask this. Like, I don't know if you know either, yeah. but it's like, where are we at with research, I guess? It's so funny because you can go back 10 years and you can go to the research articles mm-hmm. that have been released in the past year and they always say, we're, almost we're there. like, we're almost <laughs> yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, 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 we're, yeah. We've almost figured it out. We're nice. right at the brink of yeah. finding a cure for Parkinson's. But there are hundreds of millions of dollars going into Parkinson's research mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, they just go in towards... Is, that, is a lot of that going towards rehabilitation or is it going towards like solving or curing Parkinson's? I mean, so most of it is going towards actually finding a cure, mm-hmm. um, which I think is a very noble cause, which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. But something that's really frustrating is, you know, I see that. And I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And but for, but for the time being, what about yeah. all the people who have Parkinson's right now? Exactly. Yeah, like yeah. who is spending money to find them tools? De Oro is. Is. We, Tell you we what, are. we out here. <laughs> Um, that's something that I really like about the Davis Finney foundation is that they're really focused on people who are living with Parkinson's today. Mm -hmm. What can we do to help them? That's awesome. Well, I love what you guys are doing. I mean, regardless of it, you know, it's a cool product too, but like, it's obviously for like a really good cause. Do you guys work with like, um, I mean, I think of like so many like charity organizations or you guys can have your own at some point. Like, is that a goal for you guys to like, also like raise like a fund to go give back to Parkinson's or something like that? Or does it just help your... I don't even know yeah. how to ask that. I don't know. <laughs> we do. So we partner with a lot of Parkinson's foundations so cool. and I would absolutely love to get to a place where we can, you know, do like 5% of our profits go back to this organization. It's really cool. Yeah. Right now, the way that we do it is we partner with an organization called the Parkinson's wellness fund. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they will fund, uh, they'll give a grant for anybody who needs financial assistance to be able to get the next ride. So they'll pay mm-hmm. for someone to be able to get the next ride. Cool. Um, but the way that we work with them is that we discount it on our end. Mm-hmm. If they qualify somebody and say, okay, we're going to give this person a grant, mm-hmm. we discount it on our side and they put in money to help get the person a product. So, so cool. like, that's the way that we work with them. Now mm-hmm. we, you know, um, volunteer with a lot of different Parkinson's organizations. Like I actually host the Parkinson's support groups, um, here in Austin Oh, cool. at the capital area, Parkinson's society. 
Is that for people that have Parkinson's or people that are like married to someone with that or something like that? Um, it can be either. Um, gotcha. There's a lot of people with Parkinson's who come, but spouses and children and whatnot will come to learn about it as well. Okay, gotcha. Um, how, how long has this product been out for, like the next ride specifically? So we kind of got the beta version out. We did like a soft launch in mm. April of 2020. Gotcha. Oh, so, yeah. that, so like my, right my, my at birthday. the beginning. My birthday. Right there. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, great time to have a birthday. <laughs> so right at the beginning of all yeah. the shutdowns and whatnot. So it was a little bit of a shit show trying to figure out. Like we had this whole like beta launch strategy of like, okay, nice. we're going to go to all these in-person events. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to oh, go wow. to yeah. all the support groups and whatnot. And then... COVID hit and all of that went to shit. So. And, and the audience you're working with was the most like at yeah, risk. So you're yeah. just kind of like, fuck, <laughs> like what do we do? And the least technologically savvy. Yeah. yeah. So a you lot have of, to be there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of support groups now mm. have figured out how to be on zoom, but it, at that point mm-hmm. was not really an option. So exactly. people just weren't meeting and wow, was, that's tough. Yeah, we had to rethink everything. What'd you guys do for those months? Just kind of like, like work on the product more or like what do you even do when your audience can't be reached in person kind of a thing? Yeah. So we definitely cut spend substantially. Mm-hmm. We were planning to do this big kind of marketing push mm-hmm. um, to kind of test out some different strategies of what was going to be effective in our long-term go-to-market. Mm-hmm. Um, but we cut that substantially with everything that was happening and we decided to just do a lot of smaller cheaper tests okay. so we did a lot more digital ads we did like facebook marketing and how'd you like that google ads um it was honestly it was pretty effective okay. what i really liked about our facebook ads is that people would um people would see our ads and they'd start commenting on it oh yeah especially that demographic yeah <laughs> and then they would have full conversations with each other it nice. was really cool to see that's interesting you know yeah. like i remember one time one of our customers commented on it and was like i have this and i love it <laughs> nice. and then we have we've had one of our pts comment on it and be like yes i refer this out to all my patients so cool and then sometimes we just have people comment on them saying like i have parkinson's and mm. I don't know what to do. And then somebody else will comment and be like, have you tried this support group? And then somebody else will comment nice. and be like, bring these questions to your neurologist next time. Like <laughs> it's such a cool community, you know, like people yeah. really want to help each other. Do you guys have a, a digital community, like a Facebook community or something like that? Like a Facebook page? We tried that. I tried, I tried, it, I tried it too. People have really good Facebook communities. I tried it. So we tried to do it with physical therapists. We haven't done it with consumers, Mm. Uh, but we tried to do it with all, because we're in like over a hundred physical therapy clinics across the U.S. Very cool. And we get a lot of questions of like, okay, well, what do you do when the patient has this symptom? What do you do when the patient has this symptom? Mm -hmm. Like I can quote research to you, but I am not a physical therapist. Oh yeah. You should not be the one like, (laughs) yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, and so I tried to get them all in a group together and I'm like, okay, ask each other these questions. (laughs) Um, turns out it's a lot of work to get people to actually interact in the Facebook community. It's tough. And like, honestly, it's Facebook's just getting worse and worse too. Like their, their groups used to be able to post into Like if you had a page, you could post on the page and everyone would see it. And now when I post on my page, I get like, 40 views from like my family that follow it. I'm like, I just, I don't even use our Facebook anymore yeah. for business. So, I mean, it used to be good though. It used to be good. Yeah. Um, does, I don't know if you mentioned this, do, does insurance pay for your product in any way? Are you guys, are you guys working towards that? Yeah. So we're not covered by insurance right now. Okay. Um, and what's hard about our product is that we have, um, we don't fall under any billing code. It's called the HICPIX code. But okay. We don't fall under any billing code because we're not a cane and we're not a walker. Mm-hmm. We're this device that attaches on to canes and walkers. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about this product is that nobody's done it before. The terrible mm-hmm. thing about this product is that nobody's done exactly. it before. Yeah, yeah. And so there's no like code that we fit under. So it is a long process mm-hmm. and we are going through that process. We've had many conversations with CMS. Um, and in the meantime, the it is really important for uh, to us that anybody who needs this product can get access to it, which is why we partnered with the VA. So any veteran can get the device for free. And then we partnered with the Parkinson's Wellness Fund, which again, that. will cover the cost for anybody who needs financial assistance. I love that so much. That's so cool. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like, I mean, that's annoying to have to create your own category. Uh, <laughs> I was talking with someone yesterday, like, with the, I was talking with the Fetty guys, um, the, the, the vans, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're, you're in one of them. We, we did the yeah, wine yeah, tour. Yeah, yeah, I know, they're um, great. The wine you hated. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I loved the wine tour. It was great, you guys. <laughs> she loved the tour. The wine is just not, you know, not her, not her cup of tea. I feel like the winery is going to listen to this, and I'm never going to be allowed the, back there. Well, they don't, there's no way they're going to associate that. We've done 40 wine tours. You don't know which one it was. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so we, we had them on here, and they were talking about, like, I was asking them if it's like how, how it's been legally opening up in different cities and they're like, well, Uber just cleared the path so we can just like oh, open nice. up and it's, it's like the paperwork might as well already be done for us. So that is annoying that you do have to kind of like create your own rules and kind of like figure out if things are working yeah. or not. Um, interesting. But that's the fun of a startup, right? It's, fun of, it's, the, it's the quote fun of the startup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and creating a little bit of a new market here. Ex- exactly, yeah. And speaking of like the fun of a startup, like what, what is your like day-to-day role and then what's your team, your team comprised of or who is your team? So my title is CEO and co-founder. Okay. My, that is means everything from putting together a grant proposal mm-hmm. to fundraising to being on podcasts and being the say. face of the company exactly, yeah. uh, to speaking on panels and being at events mm-hmm. um, to, I don't know, what else do I do? I mean, I get really in the... Um, I always mess up when I'm trying to say phrases. <laughs> in the weeds? In the weeds. Thank okay. I was going to say in the ground, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> that's, that's terrible. You don't want to be in the ground, so everyone knows. <laughs> um, I get really in the weeds. Right now, our biggest focus is really understanding our customer acquisition costs to the point where we can scale it and reproduce it in a cost-effective way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get really in the weeds on that right now. I'm in all of our sales and marketing calls trying to understand as much as I can about the space. Being an engineer science background like there's a lot i don't know <laughs> yeah no, i mean yeah, every day you're gonna learn something new with that space yeah. it's like crazy do you feel like because i have the same i have this problem so terribly as a ceo i'm doing a bunch of shit i shouldn't be doing constantly i yeah so i had to really reevaluate that when mm-hmm. as soon as we closed our last round we brought you know three people on board mm-hmm. um and we went from me and my co-founder full-time, mm-hmm. one person part-time, to six people on the team. Okay. All in Austin or just like remote or what? Remote all over the place. Okay, gotcha. Um, which was a huge change. Mm-hmm. And it went from like William and I doing everything to me having to completely change my role. <laughs> like yeah. 100%. To the point where I... I had to like really sit down and be very kind of thoughtful about it. Like, okay, what is, what is my role now? And what does it mean to be successful in my role? Because it's not sitting down and grinding out as much work as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. It's much more strategic and it's much more, you know, forming relationships and thinking about how the team as a whole can be productive and how to make sure that everybody's very clear on what their goals are and what they need to get done. And they have, kind of the authority in their own domain to be able to make decisions and move quickly. Yeah. Um, and so that was a complete change for me. What, what, what tasks, what tasks that you used to do, do you not do anymore? Cause you hired people. Um, so, I mean, a great one is I was the contact for all of our physical therapists. Okay. So I was the person that like right <laughs> reached out to yeah. them and I did their in-services and mm-hmm. I followed up with them monthly. You know, I was the contact person mm-hmm. Um, and that's now either Hershey or Paul are, are gotcha. salespeople. Well, that's really important too. Like, I think that's the biggest mistake that startups make is that you're not that person initially, like for whether it's financially because you couldn't afford to hire someone else or just because like you just decided not to. Like, I think it's important to like be that person that your initial customers are talking to because you get a, you get to know your initial customers. You get to know what the problems are like on a firsthand basis. Like, it's just important. It's you know? hard to yeah. take a step back. It's I so feel hard. so, so hard disconnected um but i also have a lot of trust like harshini is the most amazing like just rock star employee ever where i actually i 100 percent trust her opinion on things and i think that she does a much better job than i ever did nice and so she's made it really easy you know it's hard to take a step back because you feel you feel so far away Mm -hmm. when you were the person talking to everybody and understanding every single thing that was happening in the company to like going up one level in terms of like what you're looking at and 
but, and be, having to trust that your employees and the people that your team mm -hmm. is gleaning the information that they need to from their interactions with our customers. Yeah. No, it's tough. I mean, I, I've taken a step back a little bit. Like I've had a person take over, but like for the, like we, I have two calls with some big gyms tonight and I'm like, I am taking those calls. Yeah. <laughs> like I 100%. So I, I'm moving towards where you're at, but I'm yeah. not there yet mentally. It's a mental thing for sure. I could hire someone to do it, but I'm just like, I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's, it's my heart right here. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So what is, what is your co-founder do? What is his role? You said William, right? William. Okay, yeah. Okay. You said William. He's a, William. He said like a, like a, like an eighties of blood oh, movie. William. He's so <laughs> funny. So his full name is William T. Thompson the third. I love that so okay. much. Okay. His middle name is the letter T. Oh, actually? There is nothing else there. William T. Thompson III. I think it is so funny. Yeah. When we were doing due diligence with our VC, I yeah. remember um, Sarah and Carrie reaching out to me and asking for our full names to do background checks and mm -hmm. whatnot. And um, they're like, can you give us their full name? And I sent them Sorry. William T. Thompson. I had to like put in parentheses. The third? Yes, his middle name is just oh, gotcha. T. Oh, and man. it made them laugh. <laughs> that is that sounds like a name you'd give like a cop when you were drunk or something like that. She didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> William T. Thompson the third. I think um, it's so funny. Wait, so what, um, what is his role in the company? So he's much more operational. Gotcha. Um, so he handles everything from like making sure that our business is registered in Sam's and making sure yeah, that, yeah. you know, it's like all of that kind yeah. of logistical stuff. I need, um, I need one of those so bad. Oh. And then, yeah. And then he I does need, all of our financials. He does all of our like taxes and stuff like that. I need one of those so bad. I'm going to get me a William T. Thompson, the third. Yeah, you like, definitely should. I mean, seed. don't take mine, but you can get <laughs> yeah, another one. <laughs> I'll, get my, I'll get a Bill T. Thompson, the third. Yeah, that's um, his dad. Oh. The second though. Yeah, it was his dad looking for a job. Uh, okay. <laughs> very cool. So, um, I know you do have something that you have to get to relatively soon. Um, so I want to ask two, two final questions here. Uh, one is like, what's next for the company? And then the second one, which might be related to the first one is what future products do you see kind of yeah. down the horizon? Yeah. Good question. So, I mean, the first thing, which I kind of touched on already is just sales growth is okay. really spending the time to understand who are our customers and how can we get to them in a cost-effective, scalable, reproducible way? Okay. Um, so that is our number one goal right now. Um, and that includes expanding outside of Parkinson's and going into stroke rehab and multiple sclerosis and cerebral palsy and PSP um, and traumatic brain injury and a number of other mobility disorders. So we're redoing all of our messaging to be able to be more inclusive okay. of different mobility disorders. Um, the next step after that will be bringing on new products. Mm -hmm. So... The, the next product that we're in development for right now is basically a belt attached version of this product. So it'll have the same visual and auditory cues, but it'll be attached onto the body for mm. people who don't use canes, walkers, or walking poles. Is that a stage two though? Uh, a class two medical class device? Two? It shouldn't be. Mm. Um, Based on my knowledge that I learned to, in the last hour, that might be a class two. This, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, guys. Uh, They're all thinking it too, so... <laughs> Like it's a class two. So, so just this that like attaches like with a belt clip onto mm -hmm. the body wouldn't be a class two. What we need to to think about is like data collection, what data we're collecting, how we're collecting it, because gotcha. that might make it a class two. Would it be but, a class two if it was like on your arm? Is that because I think that was I what I understood? I I'm up? just gonna go ahead and say I'm not an FDA specialist. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I was just, I thought I had the classes down, and now I'm like. Maybe I don't have the glasses down. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. Okay. Um, I'm not a lawyer. None okay. of this is legal advice. Okay, fair enough, fair I'm enough. not a doctor. None of this is medical not advice. Not a physical therapist. I feel like I need to like put all the, <laughs> well, the PSAs thing, we'll out giant, there. We'll have a giant uh, thing that pops Please up. Please don't sue me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you're going to do a non-class two, probably class one well, on, the yeah. belt, on the belt. So okay. non-invasive mobility solutions is mm -hmm. kind of... Um, umbrella is what all of our products will fall into. The next one will be a belt attached version of this product. Um, you know, we're moving towards uh, data collection as well. So mm -hmm. being able to collect that mobility data, feed it back to the physical therapist or the medical professional. Is that like an Apple health sync up or what is that? Like, or like, something no, that you guys we would, create? so we would create that. We would put the sensors in our product. Okay. Interesting. 
Um, so I really, do you guys have competitors? I know you're the first to like do like this space. So, so there's a one other company in the U S who makes visual and auditory cueing products. Okay. Um, and they're called instep mobility. They have a product called the U step. That is a walker that integrates the visual and auditory cues into it. Mm, gotcha. So it's actually a great walker. Um, and mm. we have some customers who have the U step and have the next stride. Damn double up. Okay. Um, because <laughs> okay. It, it's, it is a really great product. Yeah. However, it's a great product for a specific purpose and for a specific kind of type of person. Mm. Um, when I say type of person, I mean like uh, the stage of their mobility and, and, and where they're going to be moving. Um, however, it weighs 32 pounds. You know, it oh, costs over $800. And so Sandy, Jack's wife, couldn't lift it in and out of the car. So he would walk around with Yusuf around his house, but whenever he left his house, he couldn't walk. He was in a wheelchair. Interesting. Okay. Wait, how much does yours cost? Ours costs $4.99, about $500. Okay. And how much does it weigh? How much does what? How much, how much does it weigh? How much um, does it weigh? Less than a pound. Less than a pound. We can carry that. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So our device, what's really different about our device is that it attaches onto any cane walker walking pole. Mm -hmm. So one, that means you can walk in with whatever mobility assistive device you're already using. And that can be very personal to people. You know, whether you're using walking poles or a cane or a walker, there's lots of different kinds of canes and walkers. Yeah. A stick, like in the movies, they mm -hmm. get a stick. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. So there's lots of different types of mobility aids that can be very personalized to the person. Mm -hmm. um, but the other reason that this is important is because it actually allows for somebody with Parkinson's as their mobility progresses or changes, they can move this from a cane to a walker to walking poles oh, back to that. a walker. Cool. So we've had a customer that started using the next ride when he was using a walker. Mm -hmm. And then he started going to physical therapy and he went to using walking poles. Um, and then COVID hit and we, he went back to a walker and then he started using a cane and he could use our device consistently and have access to those cues consistently as his mobility changed. So cool. I love that. Um, well, that's awesome. I, um, I probably could ask you a lot more questions, but I know you have to get down through Austin traffic to UT. Um, right. So this was so amazing. Uh, episode seven or eight. We're gonna, I'm not sure yet. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> TBD. TBD, TBD. Um, and we're probably going to have some interesting news that you're going to come out with very soon. So I'm excited to add that to the podcast. Yes, Maybe we'll have you like excited to announce it. Yeah, we'll have you like FaceTime in and add, look, we did it. We'll put, yeah. it, we'll put it. That'd be really funny. Uh, so, so cool. Well, it was awesome to have release. you on here with Brent Press release. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exclusively on WeStrive. <laughs> TMZ. Um, so it was incredible to have you on here. And uh, we finished with, uh, that's why we strive. Thanks, Corey. And you got to do it too, though. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, what do I say? That's, that, why, that's why we strive. That's why we strive. Pleasure. <laughs> I wanted to thank you for watching this entire episode of Why We Strive. Be sure you head to whywestrive.com and subscribe so every Tuesday you can see incredible interviews with some of the best tech founders, investors, and creatives in the industry. Have an amazing day and don't forget to keep striving.